Blog Talk Radio. Archangels, ghosts, and Bigfoot, oh my. It's just another night for Supernatural Girls. Real stories, real answers to life's biggest supernatural mysteries. And now, for another exciting interview with paranormal experts from this world and others. Here's your host, paranormal researcher Patricia Baker, on the one, the only, Supernatural Girls. Welcome, everyone, to another exciting episode of Supernatural Girls Radio. I am your host, Patricia Baker, and it is February 22nd already. Here we are. Oh, my gosh. But we have to find out from PK what's coming up and what she has to share with the numbers tonight. So, PK, how are you doing? I'm doing absolutely fabulous. You're sitting here in cold Arizona. <laughs> 35 this morning. Excuse me. I think I was yeah. abducted and put into the wrong state. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You were Please. dumped here in the Berkshires. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's my crazy goodness. I know. Right it's crazy. Oh, totally crazy. Well, I don't know what to expect. Taking a look at some of the numbers, and since Joe's been on his little trip talking to the rest of the world, I thought I'd take a quick look at his numbers. And the reason I did so is in his chart, he's void in the area that deals with and it governs communication, words, health, sex, well-being, entitlement, narcissism. And he doesn't have anything there to back this up. So when we're looking at the voids that he has, we can't miss his struggling at times to put two sentences together. Worse, when he can't Mm -hmm. complete a thought without getting lost or frail in the attempt to get out the words. But loss of his words creates some major issues, making it difficult to watch. It certainly is a major issue, disturbing to see that our president is not able to represent the demands that he needs to talk about. And at this point in time, this is going to be true with him throughout his life, but particularly so at this time because he's in a period of time that He's supposed to be very dynamic and very on top of things, and it isn't happening, and it's not going mm-hmm. to happen. It's mm-hmm. very disturbing to see some of the issues that he's seeing. And being president representing the demands that we have to go through, that's the scary part, because his mental health, cognitive challenges are creating major concerns with his competency. And we see it's troubling as well as dangerous, not just for him, but for the United States as well. How could anyone be trusted with the nuclear codes and the things that are clearly he's in charge of? And how is he to deal with the world leaders when we don't know what the world he's thinking himself and actually dealing with? Because nothing is coming across in a positive way. So it's That's really right. scary to see the United States that frail right now. So all we can do is say a prayer on his behalf for the rest of us. Because if he doesn't get us head placed back on his shoulders with help. We'll pray that those that are around him keep him straight, but it's not happening. And that's where we're going to be in some deep trouble that doesn't change. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people have contacted us 
uh, through this week about the things they're seeing mm-hmm. happening in the world. A lot of it is due to the the weak leadership. There's no leadership coming from that office, and uh, they they see him mainly as a puppet, not a leader. And nobody no. likes to think of our country being led or being misled that way. So it's very troubling for so many people, and I thank you all for reaching out to us. And I know that's why one of the reasons you and I, PK, talked about looking into right. his numbers and seeing where is he headed. Well, it's constant opposition and emotional turmoil, and we're stuck with it because he's mm-hmm. close the president until something happens health-wise. I, there's there's some issues coming up that I'm not going to make a prediction on, but his desire for pre- freedom and change is the way he's handling it is putting everybody else at risk. That's the mm-hmm. bottom line. He opens his mouth yeah. and it doesn't come out in a positive way. Scary. Right. Right, and and he becomes the butt of so many jokes because he can't seem to walk up oh, the stairs yeah. to Air Force One or walk down the stairs. There, I mean, it it gets it's comical, but it isn't when you think of how, what that says to the rest of the world. And what does it say about him and his cognitive abilities? I mean, some people are saying that that <laughs> is in fact a sign there aren't any. <laughs> of a further of further decline when when people right. are having those types of motor issues. Repeatedly, so I'm not a doctor. I don't uh, pretend to be, but certainly no. watching this is has disturbed a, a large group of people for good reason. So looking at well, this and seeing that he didn't have the ability to communicate to begin with, and now no, and it's, it's just so much worse. What year is he in? Because then you talk about people having a personal year. He's, what he's year in is a four personal year with zero. He's in a four-personal year, and that deals with health and healing and getting things, the basics, getting a real strong base and foundation. But it does deal with health. And his ability to communicate in a chart, there, there's usually something there that gives us, you know, an uplifting thing. But he has no ability to communicate in a way that will make us get out of this. He has low self-esteem. He's overly sensitive, so he kind of goes along with whatever the team wants to give him because he wants mm-hmm. to be one of the guys, and that's one of the major problems. He deals well with changes, but he's constantly changing without building a foundation. That's where the ah. problem is coming in. He has, oh, how does not have a strong foundation at all. <clears throat> that's where he has problems. And he's been good at what he's done over the years because He's one of the boys, and they pass things back and forth, and he's always challenging people, and he's insulting others, and he's making it back and forth. His desire for freedom and change, ah, I wish he would follow his own change instead of creating Mm -hmm. these changes that are hurting the rest of us. Yeah, because it's creating chaos rather than orderly, substantive change that can be beneficial. What a shame. Yes. Well, there's plenty of people doing political commentary, and that's not what we're doing, everybody. What uh, we are talking no. about uh-uh. is looking at it, into it from a different angle. And, PK, you always have great insights, so thank you for okay. taking a look. Yeah, that's really helpful. Yeah. And I also wanted to point out that the Endolite Band, I've been talking about this. We're going to have to get Dr. Weber back on the show. Because Weber Medical, mm-hmm. he is the head of it, he's the inventor, and he has come out with a new 
sector watch called the endolite band, which is seven times more powerful. I hope to see mine by the beginning of next week, and I will be sharing with you my results. But I'm, I'm so thrilled that he invented yet another device he can use at home, no side effects, and it's, it's, it's something, it's affordable. It's not cheap, but it's affordable. So anyways, you'll be able to get a discount also if you buy it with the uh, Supernatural Girl's name. So when you go to buy it, um, you can go to wwebermedical.com and you can purchase it there. Just use the code Supernatural Girls. That's with a Z. You'll get a hundred dollars off. So, anyways, I highly recommend each and every one of Dr. Weber's devices. There, he's just a genius, mm-hmm. and I know we didn't we enjoy him on the show. He was amazing because oh, he. Definitely. He talked it down to our level, so we could all understand it. And but the <laughs> yes, for me too, and it was revolutionary. What he's doing is, you know, allowing you to treat yourself in your own home. So you have to go running back and forth for treatment somewhere else to physical therapy or the doctor, or whatever. This is something you can use at your own convenience. It's just fantastic. So more information to come on that. But in the meantime, if you have questions, you can feel free to. Send me an email right from the website. I'll answer mm-hmm. any questions you have. I have used the Spectra that he invented for about five years. So I have a lot of experiences to share with that. And I have I will be having the new experience with the Endolite Band as soon as I get it from Germany. And I will be talking to you all about that. So we have a very important show for you tonight. Now, as you know, PK and I were talking about getting a trauma expert on the show because stored trauma, we believe, is a big issue with many, many people. It's one of the things that prevents us from having a peaceful and good life, and it also prevents us from manifesting what we want in our lives because none of these manifestation techniques are going to work if you have stored trauma. It's not going to stick. And we're going to get into all this with a trauma expert who has written a great book, and it's called Chakras and the Vagus Nerve. Now, Mm -hmm. here is the deal. Everybody's talking about the vagus nerve these days, but now we're going to talk to somebody, C.J. Llewellyn, who is an expert in this. She's going to help us understand why all of this is important and how it works. Now, CJ is a master's, she has a master's in education. She's a licensed professional counselor in her own private practice. She works with clients struggling with trauma and addiction. She is a trained internal family systems therapist and certified in EMDR. She uses polyvagal theory as a foundation for her work. She's also a Reiki master and a curious observer of the human condition. That makes for a great package. So, CJ, welcome to the show. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm, I'm actually thrilled to be here. We've been talking off air about this importance of, of um, clearing out trauma for, you know, spiritual purposes, and, and I'm so excited that you, you guys are both excited about this. We are, because Most it is definitely. an important topic. And and you're one of the few that has combined the vagus nerve issue with spirituality mm-hmm. and chakras. So p- 
please tell yeah. us how you got into this whole thing with the vagus nerve. How did you get interested? Well, it it you know it sort of um, it it just sort of unfolded because my work initially was EMDR trauma really understanding the concepts of, of working trauma through the body, which is, um, you know, at this point, 30 years worth of research. Um, and, of course, I, you know, as a Reiki master and an intuitive myself, I was seeing how the trauma was processing not just through the vagus nerves. Um, I'm trained in polyvagal theory, but I was seeing that, wow, these, these aspects that people are struggling with are also presenting in their chakras. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, I was just going along for years just working like that until one day I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> you got to put this on paper. <laughs> um, Definitely. And, and it's, you know, it's, it's, how I can, it's how I work with my clients. Um, some of them are not particularly attuned to chakras. Some of them learn about chakras through me. But regardless of... Um, whether or not we start educating them on chakras, they start presenting in certain areas. So I know how to work with them when I see the subjects, the aspects of themselves presenting through the chakras, which I also see, you know, overlined with the, the vagus nerve. So do you actually see the chakras so that when somebody comes to work with you, you're able to, with your inner vision, take a look and see which chakras are blocked and which are not connected properly? I I would love to tell you I see them all the time. I have had moments where I have seen them, but they have never seemed to be when I'm working with my clients. Um, I actually share in the book an experience of one of my former professors. Um, one night I just saw her throat chakra, and I saw it coming out of her throat and the energy going back into her mouth. And I explained in the book how that suddenly made sense to me um, because it's all tied in with the vagus nerve, which is connected to our throat, our inner ear, our eyes. I'm like, that's, that just makes sense. So, no, I intuitively kind of feel it, and a lot of my clients will just express, you know, this issue of, of scary survival. It's hurting down here, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and they'll put their hands on where the root chakra is. Yeah. Um, um, or the the connection, the attachment, early attachment struggles uh, that so many people have because trauma didn't necessarily start when we were older. A lot of it, a lot of trauma was early childhood uh, struggles with, unfortunately, you know, many caretakers that we've had. So you know that the pain might present in the in the sacral chakra, which I call the the emotional center, because that's where the connection to others is. That's the early attachment. Um, so I kind of listen to them more than read them because I'm kind of working on different levels when I'm working with a client. Um, and so not necessarily focused on the chakras. I'm focused on the whole system as they present through the chakras. I see. So the vagus nerve, now for those of us in the audience who haven't heard of it yet or don't know what it is, Please explain it to us. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here's, here's where I'm going to geek out because I'm actually get really excited about the vagus nerve. <laughs> um, it, it changed my work as a therapist when I started studying polyvagal theory. 
Um, Stephen Poor just, just changed the world. This, this beautifully brilliant, understated man and his research <laughs> changed the trauma world. Um, so the vagus nerve is, is part of the central nervous system. And the best way for me to sum it up for a lot of people is that there's really there's three branches of it. The, the, the front branch, it's bilateral, it's got both sides. It's got, just like our brain, it's got a right and a left side to the vagus nerve. So the, the ventral vagal aspects of it, which we see in the front, connect to the heart, the throat, as I was sharing, you know, the ears, the, the, the eyes, the ventral vagal uh, aspect of the vagus nerve is where we register safety. This is what we're gauging when we walk into the room and we're listening to people speak. We're watching their facial expressions. We're, we're managing um, our whole uh, sort of nomenclature of what's safe for us or not in somebody's expressions because that's how we as mammals register safety because that's how we find safety is connection with others. So, um, the, the ventral vagal is what we try to engage every time we're trying to, uh, anytime we're meditating, anytime we're doing deep breathing, anytime we're trying to calm ourselves, we're getting ourselves back into that ventral vagal safety through grounding in that part of our vagus nerve. Now, I, I call it the middle section. We have the sympathetic aspects of us. And sometimes we, we think we hate the sympathetic um, you know, aspects of our vagus nerve, they're, they're the fight-or-flight aspects of us, right? Those are, the, those are the aspects of our nervous system that are also gauging safety, but they may be trying to discern if the noise that they just heard behind them that was a loud bang was something scary or somebody dropped something. So we may go from a sense of safety and connection to our, 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 our back straightens, our we start listening differently because we're trying to gauge if, if we're safe or not. So it gets into more the fight or the flight aspects of us. And, of course, mm-hmm. we can have all sorts of conversations about how our modern life really plucks that part of our nervous system. <laughs> um, you know, just driving in traffic, uh, while we might be perfectly safe, you know, heavy traffic, we were, t- we were both talking about that in Washington, D.C., and off air. Um, that'll pluck the sympathetic nervous system, whether we're safe or not. So that is that, that middle aspect of it. And then the, the third aspect of the vagus nerve is our dorsal vagal. And think about um, the dorsal fin of a dolphin. It's our oldest aspect of our uh, central nervous system, our vagus nerve. And that is what shuts us down. Um, and all three of these, none of these is bad. All three of these are they're sort of our electronic wiring to discern in our body how safe we are. Because just like you guys are both saying, we can't, we can't manifest. We, it's hard to meditate. It's hard to connect to those more spiritual aspects of us when our wiring, you know, is, is misfiring. I didn't mean to run there, but I kind of like that. <laughs> it it's a good one. Firing is misfiring. Yeah. Um, and, but, you know, part of that is, is being able to identify that. Um, I, I just moved. I moved to a new house. Perfectly fine, very happy, great choice. And I noticed my, my sympathetic nervous system will just kind of thrum a little bit more. 
because, you know, stuff isn't in place. Um, where's my, you know, computer? What, how am I going to set up my office? So I'm aware of that, you know, but it's still uncomfortable because my sympathetic nervous system is just sort of listening a little differently. You know, new, new place, new sounds. So we, the more we can attune to that, that aspect that we have in us, the, the, the easier we are able to sort of manage whether or not this is a neurobiological response or it's an actual emotion because, you know, we're complicated as humans. Um, yes, and exactly. We have but I have emotions, a question. Sometimes, yeah, go for yeah, it. I don't mean to interrupt, <laughs> but I do have a question because you've identified kind of a new area here, which I think is rarely addressed. It's so important. Mm-hmm. There's fight, there's flight, but there's also paralysis. You talked about it as it's a shutting down. So there's actually three yeah. states, and they're not bad, like you said, but they can be very inhibitive. So you may yes. find yourself, for example, coming up against the fight situation, people who just always have to get into it, or people who always have to just shut down and do nothing. They just feel paralyzed or yes. run away. Yes. So those three are, are so important to understand which one you tend to go to. And then I hope you're going to tell us how to work with that <laughs> so that we don't get stuck there. <laughs> well, and, you know, first part, yeah, I love this. For part, of identif- or part of working with it is first really identifying it, right? Um, you know, I was using that example of moving because I'm like, no, I'm fine, but my sympathetic nervous system is on overdrive. When you know that, you can then work with it. And you can do that through, I am huge on, because I guess I'm, you know, have my roots are in EMDR, huge on bilateral stimulation, the tapping, the back and forth tapping. That engages, uh, you know, the, it also engages the brain in, in that bilateral stimulation that will calm our system and get us back into ventral vagal. Um, so, uh, and, you know, identifying the chakra aspects too, I think is really important. Um, I'm really proud of my clients when they, when they start saying, well, you know, I'm starting to feel this in my solar plexus. <laughs> yeah. I've <laughs> never heard that, you know, prior to that uh-huh. before. Because again, we can kind of identify through the dimensions and I kind of break it down in the book as to how I see it with clients. Um, and, and I, you know, ask for the yogis who have been doing this for hundreds and hundreds of years for my forgiveness for my own interpretations of this. Um, but I'll break it down into, you know, if you can identify the solar plexus is really burning, there's probably some aspects of fight or flight, but there's also aspects of, um, you know, how am I identifying in the situation? Who am I in this situation? You know, um, how am I being in, in the world right now? How am I being interpreted? Um, it, what I what I should sort of throw in here um, is that I see the chakras, the seven main chakras, is breaking down into essential chakras, which I see as more attachment work. You know, that early childhood trauma processing, and I always mm-hmm. encourage people to find a good trauma therapist. Um, but um, anyway, the, the trauma of the early childhood um, aspects of us really seem to identify deeply in that in the root and the sacral and the solar plexus, when we start getting into uh, the heart, the throat, the third eye, we start engaging in the ventral vagal aspects of our central nervous system, which are also very much attached to the ventral vagal, um, uh, ventral vagal aspect of the ner- of vagus nerve 
is attached to the heart, the throat, the third eye. So we can start getting, our, you know, working through calming there. But if we're all stimulated down in the root because we're not feeling safe, it's really hard to engage in ventral vagal, i.e. heart, throat, third eye, and even crown chakra energy, isn't it? Um, I'm sure we've all had that well, experience. Well, is, is that and is that where a lot of the anxiety comes from for people? Because now that's like a a big pandemic in and of itself. So many people say they have anxiety, and is that coming from fear and a lack of safety in the root chakra? Is that what it's connected to? You know, it's it's um, because we have had a major pandemic as well. You know, it comes from that feeling of uncertainty. We may register a feeling of uncertainty and, and safety in a situation where we may not be, but our central nervous system may be registering and holding on to because this is what the vagus nerve does. It, it, it's, it's, it's holding on to old memories to help program, again, the safety. Um, hope I'm not going too far off on a tangent here. So no, what, what this happens is important. around anxiety... Yeah, and what happens around anxiety is is the interpretation of what's occurring. Um, And we start holding on to, we start registering and holding on. Like I kind of use the um, self-driving car as an example, right? Uh, If it's programmed well, it's going to slow down when the car in front of you slows down. It's going to register if it gets too, you know, close to the curb. If we've had some experiences early on in life, we're going to misinterpret whether or not we're safe now, you know, and so we might be over-registering whether or not we, we could be driving over the curb or registering a curb that isn't there. Again, because our system has been um, collecting data is probably a great way to put that throughout our lives. Um, so, you know, anxiety has multiple components to it, but it really does kind of come down to an uncertainty, a lack of safety, uh, even when we are safe sometimes. And, you know, we've all, everybody in this world over the last three years has had this constant thrumming, that's what I was saying, sort of a, a background noise, whether we've been directly affected by this pandemic or not we've had this constant thrumming of are we safe, are we safe, are we next? Mm-hmm. Yes. Did that answer yes. your question? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was, you Because know, like I said, this is a big issue for many, many people. I, I'm always surprised at how many people are telling me they have an anxiety problem or disorder or whatever they want to call it, and mm-hmm. they don't leave the house or they don't uh, drive on the highway anymore or uh, any number of things that, that tend to bring this on and then they feel out of control and terrified. So it's this big. And and having somebody like you to work with who understands this from both sides, but the physical side with the vagus nerve connections and the chakras is, I think, extremely important. So you can get it, yeah. get into it and try to free yourself. Now, what yeah. do you use for trauma release? Do you use EMDR? Is that your main uh, method for that I, kind of thing? My two favorites, in in all seriousness, are are EMDR, and I actually love internal family system therapy. I've become really passionate about it over the years as well, because those are those aspects of personality. You talk about us being complicated beings, um, who we are in the world, the parts of us, those personality aspects of us that are 
uh, have been managing, helping to try to manage the system since we were kids. Uh, some of those children have or still feel they have a major job to do. Because I see them also within the vagus nerve and I see them you know, within the chakras as well. I hope that doesn't take us too far off track here. But no, the body-mind work, yeah, the body-mind work to me is I've seen, literally seen people's trauma release over time. Um, I'm, I'm a big energy, obviously I wouldn't write a book like this if I wasn't. I'm, I'm a big energy proponent of etheric energy. However, I, I, I feel that working the etheric energy working outside in in this regard isn't as efficacious. It just doesn't release the central nervous system from and help help reinstate a balance in the central nervous system so that our wiring can start accurately assessing again. Yeah, because you know, a lot of this... In the brain making meaning. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say a lot of this trauma is pre-verbal. And yes, it's very yes, tough. Yes. I love the fact that you know this. <laughs> yeah, I do. And so I I know that it's really hard to access what caused it and then release it. However, um as we were talking off air about these things, there there's a number of body therapies like the Rosen work and there's many others that help to release it right from a body level and at that point you may never know what it was about or care. <laughs> But it's gone, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and that's a wonderful thing. Like I remember for myself, many many years ago, I um, I can say many many years ago because I'm old. So <laughs> way back <laughs> then, <laughs> we won't we won't way do numbers then. now, PK. We will um, not be doing numbers on this one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I've already I, had her number. <laughs> that, oh, you she's got, got her numbers. You got her number. <laughs> Uh, right. But anyways, one of the, the things I struggled with as a young adult is I, when I was the only person in the house and night would come, I would be terrified for no goddamn reason. I mean, there was no reason why I should have been afraid. I lived in safe neighborhoods. I had alarms on my houses. I mean, it was like I had dogs. And, you know, it was, I, there was no, no reason for this. So anyways, I, contacted Linda Napier, who was a fabulous Rosen worker, and uh, she did one session. And what it was with Rosen work is they just basically identify where in your body you may be holding this, and they put their hands there, and they hold their hands there. And Mm -hmm. after that one session, I never had it happen again. Never. Wow. Were you able to um, access the... The, the memory and nope. make some meaning it, of it. it. Okay. No, it, it never. It, it didn't. Implicit it didn't experience surface. you had. Yeah. It just. It. It was just something that had been stored there, and I, nothing came up as she was doing the work. You know, just holding her hand on. I think it was like my left rib cage or something. And, anyways, um, at that point, I wow. was so happy. <laughs> I didn't care what it was. Yeah. It was yeah. finally I was free of that type of of really uh, unreasonable, you know, fear, because it, it didn't make any sense in the moment. I was safe in the moment, but I couldn't shake it. And then 
Linda came along and helped me in one session. So, and I know other people who had the same kind of experience, but now there's there's other things like tapping and there's EMDR and as you mentioned, mm-hmm. one that I'm not familiar with that I want to hear more about, but that you can release it and uh, really, especially when it's a pre-verbal thing, you need all the help you can get to get that out because your body will yeah. hold on to that forever. Well, and, and it's so important to re, to remember or know that, you know, our explicit memories, those chronological, this happened and this date, and I remember this was said, those those memories don't even come online till we're about three. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's a lot of life that happens between the time we're born and up until, you know, our third year. And it may be that we, you know, babies... Babies know what's going on. They just don't have the language for it, but they have the experience of it. And that is held in their bodies. And Mm -hmm. think about it this way. I mean, we can't take care of ourselves that young. We are completely, utterly reliant on our caretakers. And if our caretakers are chaotic, uh, even if we perceive we've been forgotten in the crib for a couple of hours, um, that starts developing memories in the central nervous system. It starts developing memories in our body. Um, so, yes, and I'm also, by the way, we didn't even get into this, but I'm, I'm level two trained on um, energy psychology, which is tapping as well. Oh, um, great. That, that, uh, so you do I do EFT. a lot of grounding work. Yeah, I do, and um, um, I, I find it really helpful for my clients that have really, uh, you know, complex trauma, uh, childhood, you know, traumas that, I first need to help ground and establish a sense of safety within them before we even process the trauma. So EFT for me has been, talk about anxiety, you know, um, calming. I find EFT to be one of those that really helps with anxiety as well. Yeah, that's fantastic. It's, yeah, we are complex, as you mentioned, but I'm so grateful to you and all the therapists that have, devoted their their work to this because it finally people can get some relief and yes. they don't have to be medicated. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know what happens is if people have a high enough anxiety and they don't understand that it's it's a root of something, they start managing the anxiety. Right? It's like yep. um not not determining where the cold is coming from but managing the symptoms of the cold. And that creates all sorts of, you know, issues in the uh, OCD. You know, you're trying to manage the the effects and not turning inward to the aspects that are creating this, you know, this anxiety. Can you anxiety. give some examples, uh, CJ, of patients you've worked with? Obviously, don't share their names, but um, people who you helped get to the bottom of their trauma and release it so they were no longer under the spell of this, these old memories and old painful situations. Yeah, I'm trying to sort of find a compilation in my head so I'm not um, <laughs> creating any HIPAA issues here. Um, so the first thing that's coming to my head as far as sharing that is that it's usually never just a simple process. So in other words, um, we walk around with trauma in our bodies for years and don't know it. So there's layers to it. 
And I always tell my you know, clients, just be patient with this. Um, what I will do with clients now, I've worked a lot with uh, survivors of childhood sexual abuse, particularly women. Um, a lot of times they have implicit. They don't even have explicit memories. And of course, we're not going to go in there and try to, to form memories that they don't have. We're going to work mm-hmm. with what's in their bodies. So some of it is um, one of the reasons I think people walk around with a lot of trauma is because they try to do other things to dance around the pain. Mm-hmm. But the right. real work is bringing the, the soft spots into the room. It's bringing the vulnerability. It's bringing. It's but you have to trust your therapist enough to be able to do that. So it takes a while to develop um, strategies with my clients uh, for them to understand sometimes their own history, um, for them to develop a language around trauma. Period. Just trauma. Forget any of the modalities you work with them with. You know, so that right. they can start understanding how they manage their trauma um, unknowingly, like hitting dorsal vagal <laughs> shut down and dissociating, and what those various ways of doing that look like. Uh, some, you mm-hmm. know, that's how I started working with people in recovery because a lot of people end up, you know, drinking and drugging because they have such high levels of trauma stored in the body. So. Giving you general terms, working with clients like that, I first help them develop a dialogue. I help them develop a sense of trust about the process because you're not going to just, if you've been betrayed on whatever levels, especially early on, you're you're not going to go in there and just put this out on the table. Um, so, So the work, the work evolves over time. And those are the first aspects of it is developing that trust and empowering them with understanding what's happening to begin with. Then I get them into tapping. You know, sometimes the tapping is what helps them when they are alone and they're having maybe even uh, they're now identifying dissociative issues. You know, oh, look, this happened, and now I'm really not present to my body, and this is how I dissociate. So we might work on some tapping techniques or some grounding techniques that way. Over time, then, we start developing, if I was going in a direction with EMDR, we start developing um, what the plan's going to be with EMDR. Um, without getting too much into the discussion of EMDR in specific, you know, we might develop what the targets are going to be. We, we're going to start with some very basic uh, targets, maybe not even go into the big ones. It depends on what the trauma is, you know? But what um, it could be the trauma of having your mother yell at you of, for the first ten years. Yeah, because what what we're looking for are some stories. It's like, you know, Janie had this, and she came to see me, and we did this work and unearthed that, and then she was free of it. Because it's like so much of this trauma sets up a hamster wheel, and they can't get off of it. They may not even know they're on it. They right. just know they feel crappy. But mm-hmm. are there any personal right. stories so that our audience can possibly relate to that rather than just an overview? Okay. Because um, they're looking, oh, I'm getting some okay, text. Me... They're getting some, can tell us some stories. <laughs> okay. I know I have to be careful because I don't want to betray anybody's privacy. In, in, in they're not going to know. <laughs> okay. So um, I don't know. Let's make up a name. That's well, Patricia. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. You can't go wrong with that one, right? <laughs> right. That'll work. Patricia walks into my office. And by the way, I do have these examples of books. Um, 
um, walks into my office and can't sleep at night and does not want to have sex with her husband and just continues to have these vague memories in her head and they're getting stronger. And now that she's in recovery, right, because she's been to treatment, Mm -hmm. now that she no longer has a coping strategy to cover up these what would I utilize, you know, terminology for flashbacks and letting Patricia know, um, she has to find coping strategies and she has to now figure out why she was numbing this to begin with. So we, Patricia and I, <laughs> keeping this vague, um, start identifying what the flashbacks maybe are. Start identifying the struggle she's having with sex with her husband. But maybe she wants to act out with some stranger down the street. Um, um, oh, that's dangerous. True. <laughs> yeah, that happens. It's all part of the strategy. God. <laughs> Life becomes very chaotic when you're just trying to simply manage what you don't even know you're managing. Um, so, yes. so we break these down. We break these layers down. Um, um, again, trying to stay general. Do you have um, people like like this woman <laughs> you're identifying by not identifying her? Um, do you have people like this woman uh, have a spontaneous memory recall? Do they just spontaneously so, recall what's going on or what had happened in what, the past what, that they blocked out? One of the, yes, that, that can happen, and that's why you have to titrate with, with the work because one of the things that might happen is, you know, now that Patricia's no longer drugging her way through life, she's starting to get flashbacks because the brain is also storing this this information, right? The brain and the vagus nerve are communicating up and down with each other, and suddenly she continues to get uh, a flashback of of, uh, a molestation, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Perhaps she walked outside and on the jogging trail past somebody with a familiar aftershave and has suddenly... um, remembered that she was raped in middle school because her her brain shut down and dissociated the memory because it was too traumatizing. So now, you know, Pandora's box opens up where she has mm-hmm. this particular memory and now she's getting intrusive thoughts, she's getting flashbacks, and then she would come to me, which would maybe be this would be a single trauma event. So we would work through processing that and processing it out. But first you have to stabilize it. You just don't go in and grab it. Uh, because you can that makes be tra- sense. You can be traumatized. Yeah. yeah, well, not only that, but let's say somebody... <laughs> yeah, well, no, let's say somebody has a spontaneous memory of, of trauma, but they don't have any skills to manage their anxiety right. or, and or other things, symptoms, then they're not with you. They, this spontaneous memory could happen anytime. It could happen any time right. out of a session. So I can understand what you're saying, that it's really important to have the trust of the therapist, important to have some skills developed. So start to manage some of the symptoms, and then you're ready for possibly a spontaneous memory uh, recall. So that, that makes a lot of sense. Now I understand uh, your process a little yeah, bit more. Yeah, because they come to you because this is already happening. You know, they don't come to you and then mm-hmm. as a result it's happening. You know, if someone's going to a therapist, something's going on they're trying to figure out. 
Um, right. yeah. you know, and, and whether or not they have a clear idea of what it is or it's a vague idea or, you know, an example of the aftershave kind of experience or, you know, something that registers, right, that implicit memory because we do shut things down sometimes. We do, even before we're, you know, even when we're at the point where we have explicit memory, we can shut things down um, because the event was too traumatizing, so we've dissociated. And now suddenly an, a, another event has happened that brought this memory back, which is also part of the body, the body's way of asking to be healed. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and as you know, with just the work that you do and, <clears throat> and the subjects, the subject matter of what you guys talk about every week, you know, we we as humans are still inclined toward healing. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, and again, and I we think we that feel that's just an amazing thing. That that's very powerful. And now is when we're finally seeing some of these tools being offered. The tools mm-hmm. that you use with your clients, the tools you teach your clients, and it's it's so much easier. Because a lot of this stuff can't be reached by talk therapy. And this type of body language, uh, like tapping and EMDR, all of these other things, are, are really, really helpful. And one of the things we were talking about off there, and I'm going to bring this up again because actually we do have a paranormal show. <laughs> um, there are so many abductees. Alien, ETs, I don't know if they're interdimensionals or or extraterrestrials, and I don't think it matters. What matters is there are a lot of people who have been taken, and they remember bits and pieces or maybe just a fog, Mm -hmm. and they can't get the help they needed. The very best what they're getting is a trained hypnotist to help them remember the rest of what happened. But that doesn't release the Mm -hmm. trauma. So I'm very interested and what you're doing right now and how that might be beneficial to people that have had these types of experiences. They are literally indigestible. And I would bet so many people that have these types of experiences or even other trauma have stomach issues because you can't digest Mm -hmm. this stuff. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's a very, I just see a whole new field of therapy coming out to help people like this so i see we have a question from somebody in our audience so let me bring them on hang on one second it's area code 843 i see a hand raised let's see who this is hi you're live on the air what's your name uh my name is micah i'm calling from winyaw bay south carolina all right micah thank you for calling you have a question for cj uh, yes, I do. Um, in your experience, now, granted, my apologies. I um, just this broadcast that I've been privy to tonight. Uh, you know, uh, I've met you. So, with that being said, uh, I can tell there's some deep experience there, and you have a very pleasant way of, uh, you know, speaking it. Um, in your experience with paranormal. When you've had those probably private, and I understand if you can't say because of either a non-disclosure or just the respect of, but have you seen a non-believer meet their first poltergeist and have, I dare say, 
psychic abilities start formulating in them. And is that directly, is that a question for me? Yes, it is. Micah? Yeah, well, you know, um, that is, I want to, before I answer that, I wanted to say, too, that adding to what um, uh, Patricia was saying is when we have things that happen that are out of the so-called norms, sometimes we're embarrassed to even bring them up. Right, mm-hmm. especially when they've been traumatizing. Yeah. And now I'll share something with you. I grew up in a house that pretty much had some sort of vortex where I was seeing dead people when I was a kid. That's wow. traumatizing, isn't it? So, mm-hmm. you know, Micah, what you were saying about um, just maybe not even thinking along those lines and suddenly you're, you're experiencing things that don't make sense, but you know that they are there. Um, I think, you know, in a situation like that, especially if they become traumatizing and, there, and there's, there's, there's fear around that suddenly, um, finding, it, yeah, I guess it's kind of hard sometimes. I mean, we're not all talking about chakras and the vagus nerve uh, as trauma therapists, but perhaps finding a therapist that is really open to working with that would be very beneficial. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. Does that, does that yeah, help uh, you? Whenever you said, yes, it did. And also uh, when you, you know, mentioned your personal experience, uh, Vortex is not far off from how it very much, you know, pretty much, I was, I knew about all this stuff my whole life, but I was a diehard skeptic. I, my friends used to say I had Occam's razor tattooed behind my eyelids. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I was very impartial of things. Uh, but when, yes, when I started seeing things that I won't be descriptive of because they were an adult version of what happens, and that was the first thing that made it difficult to tell anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, so also, yeah, what you were saying, and also uh, the thing I get a, a, a cynical laugh from, I dare say, is the fact that I worked for – a haunted restaurant that did ghost tours. And I'm like, there's no way no one is going to look at me, the guy that subs for the ghost tour guide when he's not there and does the (laughs) tours quite frequently, that he is going through this. He's just trying to add some flavor to it. And and I'm smart enough to shoot that down. Um, And plus, (laughs) I realized the value and kind of thinking some things out that I was strangely becoming a part of but uh but i will say this i i could be i could write volumes on what occurred over a two-year period on a daily basis to myself and wow. my um trusty pal a hundred pound pitsky named snooga um oh he endured it all with me as well and also corroborated things i was seeing because of his reaction to it um you know, I'll, I'll leave oh, it on yeah, this. I was a seed of believer, and that was the impact. But the thing I'm thankful for is I was always impartial. When I heard these amazing stories from people that had nothing to gain from, you know, saying something like that, and in some cases everything to lose, I, it was, you know, it was seeing that proper. I may not have seen it. I can't believe it 100%, but there's got to be something to it. And if it wasn't for that little shred of open-mindedness, I, I honestly don't think I would have um, survived to this point the way I did. 
So do you feel like you've got some trauma that maybe a local uh, trauma therapist would, would be able to help you through a little bit? or? And, you know, then I probably, want to affirm that when we have Probably those... if that was something that was within it. But honestly, I've, I've got a handful of people I reach out to, and what I'm saying with you that is kind of censored, with them I'm unfettered. So I, I mm-hmm. get that same effect. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some pe- mm-hmm. And they are people that I've met a lot of them online that would say little things that was a description only I knew with my experience. It was just quite unique, almost like a fingerprint of not that you were in the same place, but wait a second. And then you fill in each other's mm-hmm. sentences and you've, you know, you've, you've met someone through oh. other means you would not have, but I, I'm sorry. I, I wanted to leave it at that. You, you were very kind enough to answer my question with that, and I and I greatly appreciate that. I, I would think about uh, somewhere in the future if that was something these three, God bless them, <laughs> have uh, endured with me, um, and and I've helped them, you know, just as equal. But mm-hmm. yeah. it has its moments still. There is weakness. It's in. I try and be, uh, but but what I was getting to real quick is when I, chakras, I knew of them, never really studied intently, but I had an experience that where I was being communicated to emotionally. The same thing after you say a sentence and you completely comprehend what someone says, except the staff of them, the snap of a moment. And you basically analyze the emotion to get that same result. You know the same thing without hearing the sentence. Um, it it really uh, put a basis down for, you know, just keep an eye out. But also I knew that to be one of my most traumatic moments because sometimes you never knew what you were going to see. Yeah. And, you know, don't know. you know, with a lot of other people, you've probably seen it too because so far it's, it, to a degree, it's been a constant with everyone I know. One of the well, things Micah, that you. said earlier. Mm-hmm. Oh, Sorry. Thank, let me just um, let me just bring it back to to you, CJ. I'm just going to say goodbye to Micah here so that you can continue the conversation with us, CJ. So, Micah, thank you very much for your call. We appreciate it. Yes, ma'am. You have a wonderful evening. You too. Take care. So, CJ, go ahead. You are going to be talking more well, about this. It's an interesting question. Well, and you were talking earlier about implicit memory and it, something that he that Mike brought up that. Um, made me uh, sort of realize I hadn't really brought this up, is that what the chakras are are implicit information, right? You know, we, we, we send and we receive information. I, I truly believe it's just an extension of our souls. Um, and that information comes in implicitly. We feel it. And sometimes we know it. Sometimes it takes us a while to, to register that information. Um, and the, they align with the vagus nerve. So that information is being sent out and, and received uh, and processed through our nervous system. So mm-hmm. when something gets out of balance, stuck, whatever you want to call it, then it's also interfering with our spiritual connection, Right. Absolutely. Yes, yes. And, um, you know, it's when, when, when we have this constant thrumming, uh, it's hard for us to sit 
it's hard for us to, you know, depending upon what the spiritual processing is, um, it's hard for us to really interpret um, without, sometimes we get this wall uh, if we are, if our trauma is activated in our system, it's like a wall and it's hard for us to attune more to an etheric process. Yeah, so it, it's a much bigger problem than I think many people realize. And that's, I guess, my point here, that not only does it interfere with your daily life, your ability to make good decisions, have good discernment, and connect freely with other people, it, there's also the same issue that happens on connection to the spiritual world. Mm-hmm. God, mm-hmm. Absolutely. if you do religion, then religion. I mean, it's got to interfere with everything. Yeah, because you're not. You're, it's hard to attune through your. So attunement really comes through that ventral vagal activity, right? That's the calming. That's the I'm safe. That's the experience of safety, safety and calm. And ironically, what not so ironically, they are attached to our heart, our throat, our third eye. You know, they are attached to our upper chakras that I call. Yeah, I call them the the evolving chakras, right? When we are able to feel a sense of calm in in our central nervous system, in our system, we are then able to attune to more, I call it, you know, the more etheric energies, the softer energies, the intuitive um, um, extension of us. However we do that, if it's, if it's through energy work, if it's through, you know, spiritualism, if it's um, whatever the softer more attuned energies are, if we're thrumming in our central nervous system and our, excuse me, in our sympathetic nervous system, it's hard to get the readings, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yes, exactly. Well, again, Mm -hmm. I want to tell everybody the name of your book. And Now, is your book out right now or is it dropping next month? I'm trying to look at your your day here. It's dropping next month. I think think it is April 8th. Is it the eighth? It's coming out next month. It's coming out in England the following month. Um, Great, wonderful. Yeah. So the, again, so the name it's, of it uh, is it's next month. Okay. It's chakras so, and it's the vagus Tap into the healing combination of subtle energy and your nervous system. So this is a yeah. great book, and it's a very helpful kind of a handbook as you look at what's possible you begin to understand the connections here that we've been talking about tonight with you cj mm-hmm. and it's so mm-hmm. wonderful that you were able to come on the show and share all of this great information with us we so appreciate it and we want to have you back for your next uh, book i'm sure you're going to be doing another one <laughs> i actually they yeah luella doesn't know if it's going to get hit here with a proposal here shortly yes absolutely thank you i, I i'm just i'm thrilled that you um are understanding the concepts and the importance of healing from trauma as a spiritual process um really excited about that well, thank you for, again, for sharing it because, again, when in talking with you, PK and I now have a whole new understanding of all of this and some possible therapies that can address it for so many of our audience that have written to us and reached out to us about this very issue. I mean, I can't tell you how many people in our audience have said, you know, I've done all the manifestation exercises mm-hmm. right, 
I've followed them to the T. I've done all the instructional work, and it's still not happening. Why is that? And I think this is yeah. the biggest missing piece right here. Yeah, absolutely. Agree. I agree. I agree. So we like to see our audience be successful and not get so frustrated, and that's why we're thrilled that you've been able to be here tonight and share your new book and all of these uh, good thoughts, really good thoughts Definitely. with us tonight. I appreciate yes. it. And, you know, I think it's important for them to know that it's not a personal feeling. None of this is a personal feeling. It's it's just us being human trying to navigate our world. Right. You know, good point. <laughs> Very good yes. point. Excellent. Excellent. Yep, we're doing our best out here. <laughs> I, right? That's all we can do. It's hard being human. <laughs> It, just it is. is no easy thing. Yeah, it's, we think it's easy before we get here, and then we get here, and it's not easy. But anyway, so we're like, what did but we do? Is, <laughs> yeah, what did we do? No exactly. Do-overs. Why did I decide on this? Yes, I know. What what you I mean. think this is That's a good true. idea. Yeah, it seemed like it at the time. But anyway, CJ, thank you so much again. The name of the book is Chakras and the Vegas Nerve, and you will be able to get that uh, in April. Right in April yes. online yes. with Amazon and possibly also in your local bookstores. So anyway, yes. thanks again, and we will be back next week, everybody, with another great show. I think we're going to be talking about God and UFOs. PK, does that sound right? That's right. All right. We've got so we'll, two, we will we be. Get <laughs> yeah. Got two big <laughs> topics next week. <laughs> well, until then. Right. Until then, everybody, we will see you on the Blue Highway. Good night. Good night. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another radio adventure with Supernatural.